Okay, yay! This is a very exciting episode of All the Fucks, um, Fuck Buddies. Yay, I'm excited. I am Jen Ponton. I'm Lillian Bustle. And with us today is our friend... Hi, I'm Renee Cafaro. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. We're super, super excited. We obviously mostly just <laughs> play by ourselves in general, but we've um, we've dreamed for months about having more guests, and um, it's totally cool that we can still do it over Zoom, even if we can't do it in person. I know. Like, you know, we're, we're working with the technology. This is, at least I kind of feel like I'm seeing people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when we were when we were brainstorming people who we were um, excited about having or asking to come on the podcast, I was like, you know, who I bet has some really great fucking stories. <laughs> I bet Renee. And has as some soon great as she stories. was like her, Renee, I was like, oh my god, yes, Renee <laughs> has to have some incredible stories. I might have too many stories. It depends on like where where we go with this conversation. But there's always. I always got some good good stories. I've lived a, a lot of life, <laughs> and I've been yeah. in a lot of cities and stuff. So, and I also spent spend most of my time, you know, following bands and being kind of groupie. So, you know, I got, I got all kinds of stories, all oh kinds God, of different sorts of things. If you could, if you could <laughs> give, if you could give our listeners like a little, uh, like a like a bio snapshot, how would you introduce yourself? Uh. A, the jack of all trades of some sort. I, I am obviously most people know me as uh, the U.S. editor to Slink magazine, um, one of the only print magazines for plus sizes. Um, it's based out of Britain, but I'm, I'm their U.S. face, and that's been great. And I'm also Foxy Roxy Fashion, um, personally on Instagram, and it's always a great mix of all of my love for for Disney, social justice, a lot of political stuff because I actually was in politics for 14 years before all the body positive stuff, and. Um, when I started my blog and I started getting into social media and, and writing and uh, professionally, I started focusing more on women's issues and uh, eating disorders and things like that. So, um, but I also have a love for travel and music and I'm very eclectic. I, it's really hard to put me in an elevator pitch. That's why we love you. That's why we love you. It's like, oh, yes, she, okay, she's a magazine editor. She's in, she's in fashion. Oh, and she has this massive political background. Oh, and she's kind of a metalhead. Oh. <laughs> yes, I am. I had a band for a while called Run for Cover. Um, Stop it. Yeah, we, we used to have a, a residency in New York at a couple of different clubs, um, most of which have closed. Ar- Arlene's Grocery is still around, but most of the other ones have closed. But um, yeah, I was the singer, lead singer of a, a metal, hard rock, and grunge cover band. Basically, like whatever we thought rocked, we did. And um, I'm very, very proud of my Rage Against Machine covers. Oh yes. my God, I bet. Yes. Um, the, yeah, not, nothing is- gets people like more fired up than, you know, running towards something and being like, yeah, I love killing, you know, hearing the beginning of Killing of the Name and then just collectively shitting themselves. This is like five foot one fat chick come out and like jump <laughs> yes! off of an amp <laughs> with like a megaphone. They're like, the fuck just happened <laughs> and i i yes. kind of love that element of surprise um because i've always said i don't want to like rock for a girl just kind of like i don't want to be pretty for a fat chick i just like yep. i want like period okay <laughs> like i like i rock period like i'm pretty period like i don't want the qualifiers um i just happen to like you know what is classically known as kind of you know 
more dude friendly music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all fascinating, and and the fact that it is in such a condensed five foot one frame just <laughs> is the cherry on top because it's the last thing that you ever would expect to jump out of you, <laughs> and then somebody meets you and they're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> I I hope that we can all go out to karaoke when karaoke is a thing again. Some sort of there's got to be a scientific background for this because I've literally never met a big girl who can't sing, like. Every single one of us can hold a tune. You know, it, it's funny. I've talked to people about this. Too. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a I very high rate it has, of big girls who can sing. It has something to do with the way your lungs can expand in your body, I think. Um, literally, I there are opera singers have who have lost weight. Their voices have changed. And it doesn't have to do necessarily really? with the quality of their voice, but with the resonance um, or like... It's not, it's not a, it's not a pitch thing. You're not like, oh, that person's voice isn't good anymore. It's just different because of the way your air moves and the way things resonate. I don't know. Something about your mask. But oh listen, gosh. we need a study. We need a study. We need a, stu- we need a study on this. Cause I'm like, just, you know, from a very unscientific viewpoint of yeah. working in plus size fashion and having some plus size friends and just even friends when you're like, oh, I don't really sing. And you just like hear them saying something mm-hmm. like in the car and like, like yeah. that is, that's, you know. Trust me, I know a lot of tone deaf people out there, and none of them are fat. <laughs> right. I don't know what's yes. up with that. Like, I, <laughs> it's very fascinating. Honestly, God, the baby boom that people are like predicting after the quarantine, I think it's going to be the divorce boom. <laughs> Come on. No one, no one ever anticipated this. Oh, I think that once things are actually okay again in like December, I think that's when it's going to happen. Absolutely. That and the return of orphanages because no one will want their children anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hopefully people aren't getting knocked up and then divorced because that's going to be tricky. But, oh, um, suck, but yeah. you know, I, yeah, there are people that I'm sure, you know, a lot of my friends who are doing really well with their partners and a lot of them that are just like, um, so they're probably not making sure. any babies right now anyway because they just kind of want to kill each other. Um, cause there's just a lot of time, especially in New York and you know, it's a lot of time, like right on top of somebody. Yeah. You, um, New York and New not York in the good San way. Francisco has to, yeah, <laughs> not like <laughs> on top of each other. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been okay. We've been okay. Um, but I, I, do you, I, did you grow up in New York? Is that where you were born Renee? Uh, no, I was actually, I was born in Ohio, um, outside of Cleveland. But then, um, when I was younger, um, my, my parents, um, got a place in DC. And so I actually went to high school in Washington, DC. So, um, kind of split my time between DC and Ohio growing up. And in a lot of ways I consider DC to be more home than Ohio. I think I, it shaped me a lot more, made me kind of the progressive person that I am. I went to international high school. I definitely had like a totally different worldview than if I had stayed um, outside of Cleveland. So, does that um, mean like diplomats' children went there? It does, and there's you know there are a lot of brats that run around like calling diplomatic immunity on like dumb shit like homework. You know, it's like not how that works, but uh, <laughs> they tried. Uh, <laughs> um, but like World Health Organization kids and diplomats' kids and that kind of thing, and then. Um, so I was, you know, one in the minority as, uh, is an Amer- a white American, um, in the Midwest. And it seemed like kind of bizarre, um, you know, to, to meet me. And, um, I was also really young going into school. So I was homeschooled up until high school. So I was 12 when I went to high school. Oh girl. Oh my God. 
And uh, I, look, I looked like literally the same. I mean, I was much, much skinnier and blonde because my mom started bleaching my hair a long time ago. So I had this like bleach blonde hair and I was like much thinner than I am now, but everyone still thought I was fat. Um, yeah, but I like, I look at pictures of me when I was 17 and I'm like, oh my God, I look, I look 35 then. <laughs> and then like, now that I'm 36, people card me for beer. Like, <laughs> I don't know what, I mean, I don't know if it was the bleached hair or like the skinnier face. I don't know what it was, but maybe, I don't know. But it's like, I looked so much older then. So no one really caught on, but it was definitely a very interesting thing to grow up there. And, um, Fun fact, I actually have a Places I'm From tattoo on my back. So it's the outline of the state of Ohio and the Washington, D.C. flag on the inside. Oh, and nice. Yeah, so a lot of people are like, what, what, are, these, what are these stripes? And I'm like, that's the, the D.C. flag. Most people don't know what the D.C. flag looks like. Um, but it's on their license plate, um, along with taxation without representation. And I just thought yeah. that would be a really weird thing to tattoo to your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a libertarian? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, you know, I didn't really think that made a lot of sense with the tattoo. And I've been thinking a lot of, and I've been quarantined actually. I finally think I might have finally figured out I'm going to put New York. I've been trying to work in something that's an homage to New York. And uh, I think I'm going to get the words patience and fortitude, um, which those are the names of the two lions at the New York Public yes. Library. Yes. Um, but two things that really. I think speak to me because and if I don't have patience and or fortitude, I don't know what was getting me through this year. So. Right. For fucking sure. You, did you have either of those things when you were dating in high school? Uh, no, I, I didn't have any dates when I was in high school. I think that, that was probably the start of this. Uh, I had a lot of crushes. I also didn't really understand because I had, you know, I grew up with my older sister and so she's six years older than me. So I'm like hanging out with her friends and listening to her music. So I like feel way more like Gen X than I do my own. And so when I get to high school, like even though I was 12, I'm like, these people are like babies. Like you're still like, you know, pranking me and like putting like stickers on my back and giving me shit for being fat. Like really? Like is this what we're doing right now? So like, um, it, it, yeah. I, so I found myself like madly in love with people that like were way over the age limit for me. Sure. Um, yeah, it was, so it was rough. I was jail bait for like all of co- all of school, so I kind <laughs> oh I kind of yeah. need to lock it up. Uh, <laughs> so then people didn't get in trouble. <laughs> and then, did you go to college when you were like sixteen? I did. I went to Stanford um, when I was sixteen years old. Total jail bait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so that was a little rough. I had to explain to a lot of people, like, like we'd be making out and then be like, you know, I, yeah, this is kind of as far as this can go. Wait, what's the, what's the legal consent in the state of California? We're like, uh, 17, you got to wait. Okay, you got to wait a year. Hang on. So uh, <laughs> at least, uh, you know, I definitely knew the age of consent in, like, every state. Um, for oh, my God. That's um, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you never find someone your own age. Yeah. No, never, because everyone was four years older than me. I was not. At all times. I was not. Uh, you had a year on me, but I started first. I skipped kindergarten. Listen, I'm kind of a big deal. I skipped kindergarten. Um, no, I, I skipped I started, all these young grades, too. People yeah. think I'm, like, super smart. I'm like, I skipped, like, you know, dumb shit. Like, I was really good right. at, like, you know, finger Napping. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I started first grade at five and a half. So I... 
I was 17 when I went to college, but there's a, I think that there's a big difference between 16 and 17. And also my, my sister was 11 years older than me. So I understand that whole thing where you're like, I wasn't running with her crowd. That's the difference. (laughs) She was not like bringing me to hang out with people. Um, but I always, I had to figure out how to be older. You have to figure it out. Yeah. And like, you know, it just, I think that part, I mean, I was into music that was a lot, you know, older than my kind. I never really got into any kind of like childhood stuff. Like, you know, when everyone else was like probably watching Barney, I was like begging my parents to like take me to see Aerosmith. So I I think in general, like I just kind of skipped, like my brain just sort of skipped childhood. So, but, um, you know, it just kind of sometimes like when you realize your actual age versus other people that kind of got in a little, I got, you know a little bit of trouble, um, you know, when you have to remember those things. <laughs> um, and I, it is a little odd. But so dating, for a lot of different reasons, didn't really happen until I was older. But that, I mean, that's a big part of it. Um, but also, um, right around the time when I was kind of coming to actually being of age, you know, as a sophomore, junior year of, of college, um, was also when I got off of diet pills and started to just like, I gained a ton of weight. And I was like, I can either just like hate myself or figure out a way to like find something because I just I couldn't sustain what I was doing my whole childhood so um you know I gave up on diet culture and kind of like forced myself into start embracing who I am and like let go of like constantly calorie counting and being really neurotic about it so then all of a sudden my actual personality started to show up you know like who I really was could shine through because I didn't have I'm not saying they're like calorie counting beer and like turning down plans because it wasn't part of like whatever I was doing. And I just kind of let that go and just became like a normal person. <laughs> um, so those That's the, early to do that too. Kind like, of the combo of those things. I mean, I was forced into it a little bit because I honestly just, I couldn't physically take those pills anymore. I was Diet like, pills were no everywhere one... though. Like until. Everywhere. It was really, it was really trim spot with Anna Nicole Smith when people were, when she, when she died. And people were like, oh, shit, maybe this sh- stuff is bad for you. You used to be able to get speed at a 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah. I would like stackers and all those crazy things. Trucker like, pills. Trucker yeah, yeah, yeah. pills. Like, Trucker speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that all was- that stuff. It was everywhere. I mean, it still kind of is. But, like, now you some of the ephedra stuff's been taken out. But they just put in new crap. But, like, you know, they're, they're all very dangerous. They're all scams. And I was also on FenFen before it was taken oh, off the market. Oh, baby. So, um... I was on the good, you know, the hard stuff, too. Mm, Jesus. Um, it's so funny because, like, FenFen was such a big deal in the 90s. And I know when I tell the story, you know, on panels and stuff, like, a lot of the younger people are like, what is FenFen? I'm like, oh, my God. Was, like, a big, big deal. Like, yeah. The, that was, like, the first uh, banned, uh, you know, super fad medical weight loss thing. And so it's just, like, basically I'm on that. And I'm, like, on these other, like, you know, herbal things because they're supposed to be safe over-the-counter things. Meanwhile, like, so long story short, I essentially, like, almost gave myself a heart attack because I didn't really know what I was taking um, after years and years and years and years of this. And so I'm like, okay, no one's really forcing me to do this. No one's really like watching me if I'm taking these or not. So I'm just going to not. I'm like, I'm going to see what happens. Um, and like I'd screwed my metabolism so much, I was getting weight hand over fist. And I'm going to like in tears, like my, my big ass ripped my like really expensive at the time, bedazzled express jeans that were like a size eight. It was such a big deal that they were the of first course. like single digit size oh, I ever had. I remember bending over in college at some point and just like, 
You know, oh. and then, like the pocket came off the ass, and I'm like, uh, I mean, it was just like you would have thought like the world ended. I was like yeah, so of course, upset. Of course, of no, um, course. I feel that from here, and I can hear it. I have. Said <laughs> it. Yep. I absolutely. Uh, this, the and fan, I was and like, the fancy ones too. You were like, oh, these. Oh are yeah, fancy those ones. are like those are like the hundred twenty five dollar like you know with the the bedazzles back in that day. You know that was like super That's expensive, right. two hundred dollar jeans or whatever. And because um, you know you had to have those bedazzled lowriders. I mean, it was like it was a <laughs> thousand. I mean, yep. um, <laughs> and I, I was like so upset. I'm like, okay, I can either like you know never leave my dorm room again and just be like suicidal over my like bedazzled lowriders or I can just like figure out a way to to like myself and it was really just like kind of fake it till you make it and I kind of like was like I'm just gonna forget about like I just avoided mirrors I'm like I'm gonna forget about my own body like I have a lot of friends I'm just gonna focus on that I threw a lot of parties I was like social manager and stuff like that so I'm like I'm gonna focus on that stuff and like not really worry about things and like see if I can have fun without worrying about being skinny, like, and this is not the message I want anyone to have, but like, this is what was going on in my head because I was, you know, didn't really know any better, but I was like, oh, well, that's fine. Like, okay, I'll just forget. I'm not going to be the pretty girl. I'm going to be the fun girl, Uh, you know? Uh, We talk a lot about being the cool girl. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to be the cool girl because I can't, I'm like, I guess I can no longer be the hot girl. So I'm going to have to be the cool girl. Um, I now know that's bullshit. I can be both. um, But it was so funny because there was like, I didn't know what to do. All of a sudden I'm getting like asked out to, cause I was friends with all these guys in this fraternity. And, um, as they call me, well, they call you like sweetheart of a fraternity, but basically my job was to be like rush hostess because I could haze people when they couldn't, you know, it's like <gasps> by charter, they weren't allowed to have big parties, but I can, <laughs> I can make people drink. I can have like whatever parties I wanted in my dorm room. Cause I wasn't affiliated with anything. Oh my God. I want to watch and, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely! And uh, oh, it was—it was definitely like a, it was like a good, like a good teen movie. It was like like Van Wilder actually was kind of it was a nickname of mine in, in college because it came out. <laughs> of course, out of it was. This is what I'm talking about. The story is the <laughs> I was pretty well known. I specifically went to my school because there was no Greek at my school. There was like um. There was like a service fraternity that took both men and women, and it was like a, you know it was a nerd town. Um, it was a ser- it was a service fraternity, and that was it. And I chose that because I grew up on eighties movies about fraternities and sororities that <laughs> fucked me up so hard that I was like, I can't even be around that. I didn't see a place where that was part of my life, <laughs> and maybe it would Fair have enough. been fun. But like I. Uh, uh, all of those things. Mm. Anywhere you go, if there's a theater program, there's still going to be like frat life. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's still going to be those mm-hmm. parties. There's still going to be that hazing. <laughs> so when, so what was your, t- tell us about your actual first date, like whatever you would consider your first date. Oh my God. I actually don't even really know if I, if <laughs> well, it's tricky um, because I feel like between me and you and Jen, like dating was not really a thing. It was sort of the like a like not hookup culture, but you were going with somebody. It was hookup culture. And it wasn't like... You know, it was like not really like, hey, can we go on a date? There's a lot of stuff that like after the fact, you talk to your girlfriends, you're like, wait, was it a date? I feel mm-hmm. like it was a mm-hmm. date. Like I don't know, got really flirty. Like there was like a lot of times I used to joke all the time that like pretty much like I had no idea when guys were hitting on me because I, I also my mindset was not really in you know there. I wasn't really thinking, again, I was thinking of myself as like the cool chick, the one of the guys. I wasn't ever really thinking of myself as, as someone that they'd be interested in to date. 
So it's like, I don't know they're into me until their tongue's halfway down my throat. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's that kind of a party. Okay. I'm like, oh, this was really a date. Okay. I had like no idea. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was always really tough because again, back then, like what, what is really a date? Like we go to the same frat party or like, you know, the people weren't really going out, out, um, to dinner and movies and stuff. Um, in college, you know. Well, especially um, not in college because nobody had any money. <laughs> no one had any money. There wasn't really anywhere to go. Um, but I definitely remember like going on like there's obviously like formals and stuff like that and like um, going on on dates. Um, I remember, okay, so <laughs> this is actually kind of a funny story. Um, I went with this guy um, to one of my uh, dorm formals and we're driving up to like at a limo a bunch of people going up to this boat it was like a boat dance in the San Francisco harbor um, where one of my friends decided that they were going to invent something called the Dre game where at any point where they say Dre or DRE in the entirety of the chronic or chronic 2001 you have to drink so <laughs> um, I can't really say I remember my that date very well <laughs> Except for the fact that I I came with my own bottle of Goldschlager because it matched my dress. Oh, oh my God! I used to drink. <laughs> High five! No, I, used to drink I was like so much Goldschlager. There was so much like MD twenty twenty. Like I don't know why they were drinking so much Mad Dog back then. Mad was, Dog, like, kinda, girl, so much MD twenty twenty. And then <laughs> wait, I, what flavor? I was, like the classy Sorry. one. Important. What flavor? What flavor? <laughs> Mad Dog. Um, I, I was always the, like, strawberry kiwi, like, the red yes, one. But, yes, yes, um, yes. but it was, like, the fuzzy navel. There was, like, the orange Oof. one that was also around. Yeah, I had a friend who was um, really into the grape, and I just could never get on board. Oh, the grape one's not bad. It kind of tastes like Dimetap. Yeah. But yep. It, it's not bad. <laughs> That's your um, But, yeah, I definitely remember being, like, okay, like, I can't find a dress that fits me that I like. And I found this really awesome, like, gold skirt. I was wearing, like, a like a white tank top, this gold skirt and a bottle of gold schlager. And I had like the one guy on, on Stanford campus that had like dyed pink hair and gauged ears and tattoos. And I'm like, this guy's so badass. He's like an econ major, but like, like a Chicano <laughs> punk, punk rocker. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, <laughs> and um, managed to be the, like the only person I think that did not puke off the side of that boat that night. So right on. Hat on the back for me. <laughs> But um, the Drake game, yeah, don't ever try to play that. Um, that that's going, that'll get you really fucked up. I understand drinking games. I have never been one to participate because I am fine getting drunk without a game involved. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I feel like drinking game is for people who don't know how to get drunk. Like, are you like, oh, I'm, I'm too shy to get drunk? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm happy to get wasted without an activity. I don't <laughs> see. I think of it as like sportsmanship, you know. No. It's, like, it's it's like a, a way to get everyone together. It's like a team effort, you know. It's a bonding fair. experience. Okay, um, that's fair. We we brought a, a weird college uh, drinking game back in you know a couple of years ago. So like, as a bunch of people in their mid to late thirties uh, got snowed into a um, a ski house in, in Canada one New Year's, and someone brought back the uh, Smirnoff Ice game. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but no. like, if you see a Smirnoff ice, so the idea is you have to trick somebody into seeing a Smirnoff ice, right? So like, you'll just <laughs> like put it behind somebody or whatever, and then be like, dude, what's that? And they turn, they see it, and they're like, ah, oh, damn it. 
And so you, you trick people, you booby trap a house oh my with God. like Smirnoff ice, you like stick it in someone's shoe or like, you know, <laughs> put it someplace so you can find it. So whoever sees it has to like take a knee and chug the whole thing. Oh, so gross. you've been iced. I love it. I'm so excited. And it's like the fastest way to get a headache and or diabetes. No, uh, absolutely. Like, and so we were just like Who really bored in this house. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Um, but it became like this thing. It's like now, and it's been five years running where we're like this whole group of people that were together then, like, and a lot of whom were over the age of 40, are, we like to ice each other when there's like group gatherings. Um, it like comes back. Um, and occasionally there's been an ice delivery um, done by someone who's not even in the same state. Um, <laughs> somebody's birthday just straight up just like had someone like Postmates like send oh, a, my God. a smear on ice to someone's house. I didn't even know they still made that shit. Oh my God, go on. So but- like to me, like it's, it's not about getting, it's not about getting drunk, but more of like, a, it's a camaraderie thing. Sure. I like Yes. That. I like I- I have to admit, in this moment, that story and Lillian, all of your stories uh, about your Bush Gardens family and especially about your Flagler family, like, I have friends and I love people, but there is a part of me that absolutely adores more than anything just observing weird friendship dynamics. (laughs) I would give anything to go to one of your ice parties and to just watch all of you old friends. Oh yeah, it's pretty funny because like, you know, when we really look at it, it's like we're, we're acting like complete assholes and it's like, my sister was a state senator for a really long time. She's in on the ice game. Like, it's like guys, like my, my ex, he's, he's still like really good friends with us. Um, you know, runs a, you know, he's in tech. So we have like tech entrepreneurs, people in politics, like, you know, high powered attorneys. And they are like, you just got ice, motherfucker. Oh my God, it's <laughs> like, so good. I mean, and we just dwindled back to being like 17 and it's pretty great. Um, uh, you also just kind of forget like how much you can't really drink like that anymore. So like, uh, you're sitting there like the ice game now at this age comes with a bottle of Tums. Cause oh you're like, no, cause you're like after that amazing. second ice, you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> So okay, all right. So if not if not the first so date, um, what would be I don't know the first hookup with someone that wound up to be a, like a long term thing? So I think I would say like my first sort of like childhood love, like I would say like, kind of situation. Um, I was sixteen. I was actually at a festival in Ireland, Ooh. and. Um, there was this really hot guy who started talking to me, and I couldn't hear him because we were both in the dance tent, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I have no idea what you're saying. Um, and he just kind of kissed me, and I was like, okay, I'm in. And then we, I dragged him outside of the tent, and I was just like, hey, what were you trying to say? What is your name? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> and, um, you know, like, I'd never had that sort of, like, summer loving, you know, Greece kind of meet somewhat a festival, like, yeah. you know, summer fling kind of thing that that never happened to me before. I didn't even like think it was a possibility. And that was like super exciting. Um, and we actually uh, became really like we started we, we dated. We did like a long distance thing. It was actually really adorable. He used to like send me just back in the day, like again, without like social media and stuff. Uh, he actually used to write me letters and like send ah, me oh. pictures and um, we would stay, I would get calling cards so we can like, call, and I would like call yes! him on my dorm phone. Yes! And, yes, yes like yes, like yes, eight yes. time zones away. And it was like really, I guess, really adorable. And um, 
Then the next year, went to the same festival, and I kind of like lost touch with him, and we're like, had planned to see each other, and then like his mom moved or something, I kind of like lost touch, because again, old school ways of getting in contact with people. And um, I was like, well, that's that, and we're gonna see him, and he actually found me. And we actually found each other um, at, at the same festival um, the next, you know, the next summer. And uh, it was just so funny because he's just so, you know, so adorable. And it was just like this kind of thing that obviously fizzled over over time because we were so young and you're going to lose track of people. And um, la last year, uh, and so first of all, he has like the most bland oh name. He has the most bland name in the history of names. So there's like. I'd thought about him plenty of times. I see pictures of us that I'm like, you have like old, like, you know, um, memento boxes. I'm like, oh, and I kept like, I still have some of his old letters and stuff because that was like the sweetest thing. Like I never had anyone, you know, write love letters to me. Like granted, they're like cringeworthily like cheesy now when you mm -hmm. look at it. But it was yes. really adorable at the time. And it was so innocent and sweet. And I just, I loved it. And like, definitely like the like first guy I really like hooked up with. Um, and I think I was his first too. And so like, um, and he was my age, so we could, <laughs> could oh, do more. Yes. <laughs> we could do more because he was he was my age. Was he also um, Irish? Was he Irish Irish? Yeah, he's Irish. Yeah, I love that accent. Yeah, he was from. Oh God, I yeah, I, I love Ireland a little too much. I've dated a few guys in Ireland. Ireland loves the you know the curvy, loudmouth Americans like that. Yeah, trope goes over well in Ireland. Sure. So I do well for myself there. Um, <laughs> I, I did an Irish guy recently too. Um, but no, so what's really funny is that, um, you know, I just, he's always sometimes crosses my mind and be like, oh, that's a guy who's like long lost. Um, and then I get like a, a message for, you know, I always get weird messages from people and I'm not paying attention to them because I just assume it's some crazy person. Um, but I don't know. And then I looked at him like, there's no way. There's no way. And he looks kind of the same. So I'm like, I looked at him like, it is. He found me. He's like, your name popped up in my head, and like I had to find you. And he tracked me down, like literally, like a year ago. And, it, <laughs> and we were like talking about all this stuff. It's so crazy. He's got two kids. Uh, his baby mama was very upset about me because she thought I, he was stepping out or something. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we're just like meeting up to like say hi. Like this Aww. is like that trip has been a long time. He's like, oh no, you're American. I know who you are. You're like his first girlfriend. And I'm like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's oh, like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and I'm oh, like, I mean no harm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, I mean no harm. It was just like, you know, Kevin Peace, kind of crazy after all these years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, clearly, we're, we're like, we're just you know reminiscing about like us being young and and Aww. stupid and having summer flings. So that was probably the first thing that really like that sticks up in my mind is definitely like my first sort of like young love kind of thing. Um, I love it. Renee, I'm never going to not want that for you now. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, oh, my good Lord. <laughs> yeah, I've been, a, I've been single for a couple of years, and um, which is totally fine. And I've been actually, you know, I dated a few guys, one also in Ireland, in the past couple of years. Um, and another guy that was in, uh, stationed in Belgium, but was in the U.S. Army. So it's like, I've done a lot of, like, long-distance stuff. Um, and then, like, all this happened. And I'm like, oh, man, like, how am I going to start dating again when I can't, like, go out and meet anybody? Like, I've never been able to meet people on, uh, on apps because I, I just, I don't translate well in apps. 
And I feel like a lot of people don't translate well to me. Oh, yeah. No, you and can't. I'm very attracted to people's personalities. It's like Same. if you lined up all of my exes, you'd be like, this is the motliest crew of people I've ever seen in my life. But then if you actually talked to all of them um, and you like got to know them, like, okay, I actually totally get it. Like they're all like very smart and like funny and like sarcastic. Like they have similar tastes in music. Like they kind of all make sense. You get to know them. But from like a, a physical type, you know, I can't just like look at just a picture. I know nothing about this person. Swipe right, swipe left. And I'm like, I have no idea. It's like there's people that you just showed me a picture of them. I, I don't know if I'd look twice that I've like fallen totally in love with after I've spent some time with them because they're just so amazing. And it's like, so I have to have that personal connection. And so it's really sucks because now, you know, you're kind of stuck on trying to date on Zoom. Like I went on a couple of like disastrous Bumble dates um, after the fact and after, after bringing up with, with my, my ex and I like, it was just such a turnoff that I was like, okay, I guess I'm just never going to date again. If this is the way this goes, like, this is just, I'm like, essentially these are all guys guys who want like free, like call a 1-800 number. Like we need to bring those back. Like go find Pornhub. Like don't just like throw any form of like lazy, like small talk at me just to like get my WhatsApp so I can drop you nudes. Like I am not like you, you have to pay me money for that. That is not exactly. Exactly. That is, like, Night this flirt. is not a 1-800 number. Like, the, like, I am not here to be your sex, like, hotline. Like, it, it, like they don't put in any effort whatsoever. And it's just, it's really disheartening. So I just kind of gave up. And then I was, like, just went about my daily life and went out and partied and went to clubs. and Or not clubs, but, like, fun bars and that kind of stuff. I'm way too old for clubs. And um, just meet people in, in public and um just kind of like met people at bars and that's that's worked out but i'm like without that like i don't know where these people come from do you remember the first person that you met in new york romantically Ooh, yes actually (laughs) um we were off and on for a little while too um so he owns actually a very successful bakery now in the oh, city good for him <laughs> um and that's it's so also funny I see, must I see be them. someone nice to date <laughs> yeah <laughs> well at the, so at the time he actually was uh he was a grad student at columbia working for the un and i was at the soho house um i don't even remember how i got into the soho house frankly how did i get i have no idea no idea how i got into the soho house it must have like had a friend that was staying there or something and back then this is like 2005 so like Back then, they had a like a foosball room. Um, it's a, that's like a membership bar. club, right? Yeah, it's a it's a membership place, and it was like now there's like a zillion of these Soho houses all over the place. So like kind of lost its like panache. But back then, it was like really only like that in London, and it was like you'd see like a lot of like rock stars, and like it was actually like a really cool, really exclusive place to be. And so I remember being a big deal. Like somehow, uh, my sister and a friend of ours like got in there. And we're upstairs at the bar, and there was, like, a smoking room. It was just, like, this back when you can still smoke in bars, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. um, it was just, like, this cloud. So through this plume of cloud of smoke somewhere by a foosball table, uh, I, you know, I'm not this real smart-ass guy who's like a Republican. We're just, like, fighting about stuff. And he's like, here, meet my friend. And um, this, like, super hot um, kind of, like, like, Italian soccer player-looking guy. Um, and... We started dating, I guess, really, like, he was just like, oh, I'll show you around town. So, like, showing me around town meant, like, yeah, we'd go, we'd go on tons of dates. And that's how I saw, like, every club in the city. And, um, you know, and his family was, like, more into to restaurateur type stuff. And then he took his knowledge of uh, being carbon neutral and all the studies for environmental, um, environmental studies and, like, 
made it a hybrid with his friend with his family's like bakery. And That's so they're so actually great. Like, the first like sustainable bakery or something like that, which I was like so proud of him when he was doing this. So we've been like <laughs> friends, we've been friends with sort of this sort of like off and on thing for like years. And then we kind of like neither one of us were really into the idea of of being exclusive. Like I had just got into town and like we were both like, you know, I was like 21, he was probably like 24 or 25. And um so it really worked out, but it's so funny because it's like it was so great to have one of those relationships that like didn't end terribly. You know, it didn't have like some shady heartbreak about uh, it. Yes. It didn't have a shady heartbreak because both of us were on the same page. We're like, this is super fun and I really, really like you. And we were like, be, you know, I'm dating myself again of like back when Lotus and, and Bungalow and stuff like that were the clubs in New York, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just like making out in some VIP room and like Lotus, like that shit was fun. That's like what I want to do. I never got to like live. The, I was always the nerd, like, like worrying about my like, GPA and the model UN. Like I never got a chance to like be the party girl. So I was really excited to do that kind of stuff. But I also was like in no mood. Like I was not getting married, you know, it wasn't really like my, where my mindset was. So it was kind of great. Like we're just, um, like, well, this is fun and young. And so he's actually like one of the first humans I ever met uh, in New York, period, full stop. And actually like the first guy I dated in New York at the same time. So I guess I dated the first guy I met. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. That, when you want to put it that way, that doesn't sound very good. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and then swiftly thereafter, uh, I, then I was dating politics. I mean, my government owned my life. <laughs> and so all you can really have is like, you know, we call campaign goggles, you know, like beer goggles. And it's like <laughs> the only people you see are the people you work with. And so like, so, and on all, there's all so much drinking in politics. It's ridiculous. So there's a lot of like incestuous. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful and very stressful. And so it's like, all right, well, you know, you just get to the point where sometimes there's just these incestuous, uh, you know, again, doesn't really end in heartbreak because we kind of all know what's going on. It's like, oh, Sorry, did I make out with our field director? That's awkward. <laughs> like, I hope you realize, like, this has nothing to do with, like, we're in different ranks. Like, I'm not, this has no effect on your your job. I swear to God. And like, like, yeah, we know, we know, we know. I, it's yeah, just, if I may, I think it's because politics is so much like theater. It, it, it is. And, I mean, I, I always people, say, like, like, that level of intensity, it's that level of intensity. And that, like, immediate, you have to be a family kind of thing, right? Yeah, like where no, and you're basically like pretty much backs. living with these people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I would assume it's kind of like the same way like doing a show. It's like you have to work with these people nonstop. It's an intimacy and thing. You're, yeah. You're, and yeah, and, um, and it's such a small thing that it's like I would be on campaigns with people that two years later might be on the opposing campaign or, you know, I'll work in government here and then see them crop up someplace else. So it is such a weird incestuous loop of people and they all get to know each other. So it's sort of like this unspoken rule that like pretty much as long as everyone's like, you know, upfront about what's going on and like everyone's very like open and consenting and it's like no one's there to, to lie or screw anyone over. It's sort of like this stuff happens sure. right out on the road, we go who's on the road stays on the road kind of thing. And, um, and, and so no one really gets that hurt because it's not really about like involvement with these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I do know a few people have gotten married to folks that they've met um, on the trail I just never really thought of people that way. Um, I wasn't even thinking about dating um, because I didn't have time to eat, no less date anyone. (laughs) (laughs) For for a while there, trying to get my career started. Can I jump right into whatever the first heartbreak was? Like, if that was not full of heartbreak, what was full of heartbreak for you? 
So uh, I got wretchedly cheated on by um, one of the many mats with tats. Um, I, <laughs> <Mats> <laughs> I told with you, tats. you know, yes. You 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 know this you know this about me, but um, like I said, I don't really have a type because I, it's a lot of like a, you know personality based. But there, I just happened to fall into a little bit of a type when I was younger, which was what we ended up, you know, everyone affectionately makes fun of me for, I match the tats, because I dated like five different guys um, in close proximity to each other, uh, <laughs> all my like early 20s, early mid 20s, all named Matt, um, all like really <laughs> outgoing guys that had like lots of tattoos, you know? Oh, I knew a number of Matt's with tats like that. Yeah. All it's like super hot. Yeah. Like if you had like, <laughs> if you had like a, like a, like a cuff bracelet, or like, oh you know, my God. yeah, like a wallet chain, yeah. um, probably oh, like yes. a cocky bartender that like plays the bass on the side. An obscure um, band shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like really hot, like knowledge of music and like <laughs> m- musical talent. Um, yeah, like those kind of guys are like super, super fun. <laughs> um, I learned the hard way you don't fall for the fun guy. Um, fun, gregarious guys, you, you know, that... Uh, or the Matt Tat type dudes. They're really, a lot of them man whores. So like I fought for the first man whore. Uh, I was probably like 23 and it was like a mutual friend had introduced us. And I was like head over heels to this guy because he was like, looked like this, but he was also going, he was like, I want to go to med school to be a trauma surgeon. I'm like, oh, there's so much depth there. I love this. You're not just like a guy who can't pay his cell phone bill. Like, you, <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to go to med school and like put your shit together and you have a tat sleeve. This is amazing. Um, and he was just like super, just conventionally hot, you know, like tall brown hair, just hot and, um, ripped the whole nine. And, um, so we were together for a little while and he was living in, then he moved to LA and then he came out to New York for like a couple weeks. He was staying with me while he was working in New York on something. And it was just like one of those crazy idyllic moments where he's just like making me dinner. And it's like, it's just so romantic. It's like really over, like head over heels type of stuff. And it's like, talking about how much he loves me and all these things. And then I find out, and this is how old this was, on MySpace, uh, when he got back, like, oh, he was, like, space. tagged in a photo with some, some like, skinny blonde chick. They're just, like, so glad to have dinner with my boyfriend. Like, after not seeing him for two weeks, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I called oh, up my no. best friend, who's the mutual friend who set us up. I'm like, who the fuck is this chick? Um, and he's just like, oh my God, I didn't realize they were actually dating. Like, I, I know she is like, what the, and so obviously there was a lot of heartbreak and crying and, um, you know, he, he would like try to call me drunk in the middle of the night, like months later and be like, but like, who do I talk to? You're always the person that I can like lean on. I'm like, you no. fucked that up. Like, you don't get to be, Sorry, to have dude. me as the friend that like helps you through hard times and like fuck half of Santa Monica at the same time. Like, you don't get to do that. And, um, but why? So that was definitely, but I need <laughs> like, you, I, I need you. You're so important to me. Yeah. I think that was the problem with it sort of, um, that I realized then that there was like a lot of guys who just want like the, have the cake and eat it too. And, um, oh, sure. yeah, I mean, who doesn't want that? Percent. Who wants to have the cake and not eat it? That. I know. I actually hate that phrase because that makes no sense. Like, why would you have the cake? Why would you not have? Why would you have the cake if you weren't going to eat it? Like, the cake is solely for being eaten. It's not a keepsake. Like, I never really understood that phrase. Actually, I just want to resin cast my cake and not eat it, (laughs) and then never eat it. Yeah, that that phrase is really dumb when you think about it. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, that was that was definitely like me trying to, you know, really the first time I really thought of like, oh, I can actually date this person. And um, it wasn't just like for fun. And it really just felt like all these things were lining up. And it's like, oh, it's good. Now, all the things we're taught is like how it's going so well, you know. Um, mm. And we, re we reached all those benchmarks and it had been a really long, you know, it had been almost a year and uh, all this stuff. And um, the funny thing is like, you know, at the time I kind of just assumed like, you know, it was me. And then uh, of course it's easy to try to blame yourself. And then I kind of like kept tabs on his life, you know, and he's like still friends with a friend of mine. And um, I ran into him not too long ago. And it's like, oh, he's just like that. Like he's just gone in a cycle of like, living with one girl, cheating on her, moving in with the girl he cheated with, then cheating on her, and then, you know. Um, so I'm just like, oh, like, fuck boys. It's not me. They're just, it's them. <laughs> it's I do them. appreciate, um, we never really had a term for that in the 90s. Like We right. didn't, but I really right. embraced it. I yeah. mean, that, I that was just men. boy is real. They're just like, dicks, I don't know, men. Like, yeah, we didn't have a Yeah, name, we, like, yeah, we really said men. And then hashtag not all men. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're going to yes. assert that so hard, then please come up with a name for the ones that are like that. Fuckboy. Right. <laughs> the more you Renee, know. Renee, what is the biggest, like, what is the biggest risk you took? The biggest jumping out of your comfort Ooh. zone for someone that you were attracted to? Like, either you fell flat on your face, it was super, super embarrassing, or you did this big, scary thing and it worked out. Or both. Like, um, or both. I've done both. I mean, oh, I've definitely... Yes. <laughs> done both uh like I said I, I'm attracted to personalities and I've absolutely been the girl who's found herself attracted to her best guy friends and I've been like just you know muster all the courage to tell them only to be like friend zoned or what's worse be like oh I should tell you I'm gay <laughs> which has happened a couple times I'm like oh well I will be there to officiate your wedding when that happens <laughs> um, and the funny thing is I did uh, and I have I'm, I'm an, an ordained minister um, because of my friends who came out uh, for, to me when we were in college I promised them that if it was ever legal in California I would become an ordained minister in 2013 and became legal in California I called them up and I'm like, I became an ordained minister. And it's like, I can't believe you remembered that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've definitely get, like put myself out there and like fallen flat on my face. Um, but I feel like a lot of people have, I mean, um, it doesn't make it any less cringeworthy at the time. But um, then I think like probably things have really worked out um, was, you know, my relationship with Dave who I was with for like seven years. Um, we'd been friends for a really, really long time. We were friends in college. And we were kind of always like the ones that got away sort of thing, like sort of a weird, we always had this weird chemistry with each other. Um, and I've kind of, like he, he came out to New York uh, to visit in 2011 and got up the courage to sort of tell me that I was the one who got away and he realized that he wants to date me and he kind of screwed it up in college and he wants a second chance. And I'm like, okay, but this is like, this is what I need. And I, and I knew this was really a really big deal for him to even say that to me. And then, um, but I was like, but I need this to be official. This can't be like college where it's like, we're just kind of in talking stage. Like I want <laughs> to know what's going on. Like, you know, and, um, it really worked out. And it's like, that was sort of my first real relationship or adult relationship where I learned, you know, a lot about communication, a lot about how to fight with people without it being over, you know, oh, like how to so fight important. Uh, in a, a constructive, like healthy way, like how to talk about their future. And it's like, again, we were much older. And so it's like having to talk like the hard, the hard talks of like, if we want kids or not. And it's like, I don't, he does like those types of things. Like it sucks, but that's, 
you know, those, and it's, I mean, those are things that you don't have to worry about it being that complicated when you're a lot younger. You're not thinking about how your like life plans match up. Like it's just sort of like, are you having fun? And so um, you can't stay in that like comfort zone of just like going out there and having fun. It's like, yeah, you don't get your heart broken as much, but like you also don't get the, the good stuff either. And you can't like build roots with somebody um, if you don't like go out on a limb. So I definitely had like the hard conversation because he, you know, he was never the confrontational type, you know, um, definitely like avoids things. And it's like hard school, hard, old school Irish, like American, oh, no. you know, <laughs> boys don't cry. It was just kind of like tough, uh. stiff upper lip kind of thing. And so when things were going well, it's like, oh, he's never going to bring it up. So I've had to like be the one who has to like set him down. And it's so nerve wracking. Um, but you know, for better or worse, that was, I think, you know, it worked because either we resolved our problems or we came to a conclusion that we couldn't resolve our problems. You know, it's like those, you have to rip the bandaid off. So it's like, I learned over time how to be an adult well, <laughs> and I, just rip the bandaid off. And that's important too, because I feel like we're, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I was brought up without any, any good romantic role models and with an idea of if things aren't working out, then you have failed somehow as a woman. And that's not how yep. things are with relationships. Everything. I was so scared of being the mess that my parents were that I didn't, yep. I didn't want to admit any sort of failure. And I, it would took me a long time to be like, Oh wait, no, 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 no. The biggest, goodest thing that you can do is talk about what's not working. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, this was really tough because, um, I had never I never brought anyone home. My parents, I don't know what they thought. They, they probably assumed I was a nun, you know, up until like last year. I would have thought um, that about you. I never <laughs> talked about, I never talked about boys. I mean, my mom had a, uh, routinely accused me of being a lesbian. Because, oh, I like, got that I was too. a loud mouth. I swore a lot. You know, I'm like, you know, I was like a, a tough, as she used to say, I was like a tough, tough fat bitch, which to her, that means only one thing. She's like, well, boys don't like that, which she's wrong. But so she, you know, she never really understood, like, she has no grasp on reality. And, um, but she, she and my dad, like, they met in grade school. Like, everyone, oh my in, God. everyone wow. in my family, like, married whoever they sat next to in high school. No, so, like, wow. That no one dated around. And so it's like, you date someone, it's like, that's it. You're, you're, that's it. That's the guy for the rest of your life. And it was so nerve wracking because that's not how I ever planned my life. I wasn't even sure if I really believed in marriage. But it's like I was having a long-term relationship with this guy, and I'm like, gonna have to bring him home for Christmas at some point. And that was just like, I mean, the amount of drama that that came with, um, because people just really didn't get it. And um, I haven't really informed them that we aren't dating, and that I've been dating other guys because it's just not worth the conversation, frankly. Yeah. Um, so kind of keep know. them in the dark because they don't get it, um, and they don't really need to be part of my life because I don't need their approval anyway. But it's just sort of weird. It's like that's how it was done that it's like you it's a, if you have more than one boyfriend you're a whore and then like or you failed and you know why did he dump she'd never believe that I dumped him it'd be like well how'd you fail you know so it's always on the onus is always on the woman to keep the house together so so to speak so um I ask culturally sort of where your mom comes from um, like whether she's like super old old school old world Italian yeah like you know she's she born in America but she's full-blooded Italian um, you know, kind of, you know, puritanical in a lot of things, like doesn't, sure. doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't do any of that stuff. Um, so 
it's very, you know, very, very different um, world for her. And um, she's super hardcore Trump fan, super hardcore, like, Republican. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so she's like, big old school Republican where it's like, well, ladies can't do things. This is ridiculous. I'm like, do you have any idea who your daughters are? So my sister and I always joke all the time that, like, my, my mom really, really wanted, like, you know, Jackie Kennedy and Lee Radswell, and she got Jack and Bobby instead, and she's pissed. Just you and your sister? Yep. Yep, it's just me and my sister. We both became like, you know, hard-nosed Democratic politicians and stuff. (laughs) She's like, she she wanted the two debutantes. Um, There's so many good good throwbacks. Like, I had my 20-year high school reunion recently on Zoom, which is kind of funny. And so I, like, dug up some old pictures in my blonde days and, like, yeah, that was a look. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I was very casual about how I had black roots at the same time. Uh, definitely blonde hair and black roots. Like, if you're, you know, like Romy and Michelle's, like, high school reunion. Uh-huh. It's just like, it's like you look so good with black roots and blonde hair. You have no idea. Like, that was my look. I, I, was, I was rocking the shit out of that for a while. Yay. Everybody <laughs> did. Yes. Yes, with your black brows and your platinum blonde hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was good. Well, actually, I did bleach my brows, which did cause a, a major problem. Uh, one time I had gotten the, the shitty stuff at, like, the dollar store. It was, like, on sale or whatever. Don't buy bleach that's on sale. No. Don't, do- don't buy dollar store bleach? Don't buy dollar What? I can't believe I didn't know that at the time. Uh, it was like, oh, well, this shit's, like, only a buck. So, yeah. Got that. I mixed it. And I was like, oh, this tingles a lot more than it usually does. Oh, and like, no. what? Burning. So, like, literally, it was on my face for, like, a second. And I was like, whoa, that's not what it normally, no. it's not supposed to feel like. And, like, wiped off, like, four layers of skin. <gasps> I had to wear, yeah, I had, like, these huge gel bandages on my face. Oh, and vitamin E oil. And I had to wear wigs with bangs for a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh so, don't bleach your eyebrows <laughs> with dollar store bleach. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> they keep the dollar store bleach. Check right the expiration next... date before you mix the bleach. Oh, oh no! <gasps> right next to the dollar store pregnancy tests. FYI. Yeah, it's like you know some things are just you know too important to get like dollar dollar store frozen shrimp. No. <laughs> exactly. Jack's ninety nine cents, yeah. y'all. They have it. It's there. <laughs> oh. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've had arthritis my whole life and didn't know it. Um, of course not. Because nobody thought that, like, a kid would have arthritis. Everyone said I, uh, I was, had growing pains, but then when I never grew past 5'1", I'm like, guys, there's, <laughs> I'd be like Shaq by now if I, I could have possibly have had growing pains this long. Uh, I'm not growing. There's something seriously wrong with you guys. Um, but, you know, I mean... Also, it was like the classic and like doctor mansplaining, you know, it's just like, here I'm like some young, like teenage fat girl, you know, it's like checking all the boxes. So it's like that I'm just like a hysterical girl with hormones. I, I'm making it up. I want attention. I don't really know what I'm talking about. It must just be cramps. And maybe it must be my weight, probably. You know, so it's like they had all these excuses that they could easily use. So like I got, I got to kind of put aside for so long. Um <sighs> And I'm like, no, I swear to God, like, I, they, I felt gaslit. Like, I felt like I was totally crazy. And I'm like, maybe I'm nuts. Maybe everybody else feels like this. I have a hard time believing that they do. But, um, and then I, got, I finally got diagnosed when I was 25. But, um, but it's, like, so funny because I'm like, I, like, my ex used to call me a human barometer because, like, it could bet people on the weather. <laughs> like, I always knew, like, they're like, not, it's not in the forecast to rain. I'm like, 
They're like, no, Vanessa says, like, you know, her arthritis is acting up. I'm like, what are you, 80? And I'm like, I, I know. Yes. <laughs> like, I know saying, like, oh, my arthritis is already acting up, like, makes me sound ridiculous. <laughs> but, like, it. it's true. It's, it's a fact. But also, it's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is just a fact, people. I'm sorry. Arthritis awareness. Anybody can have it, even when you look fun and young. Uh, yeah. So, even when you well, look like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> She does. <laughs> oh, I mean, I look, I look a whole lot more fun than the people you see on the arthritis commercials, okay? Like, those, like, Enbro commercials are always, like, those people, people, are, people are, like, oh, like, trying to garden, you know, and, like, you know, they're, like, on a tandem bicycle, the retirement community. <laughs> they never, you never see people, like, you know, going to fashion week or like in a metal band like needing Enbro. like they don't show I do, i'm not seen in any of these the one the one thing i do like is the one that's for i think it's for eczema or psoriasis that cindy lopper is in have you seen that so cindy lopper's in yes it's yeah. uh it's psoriasis yeah yeah and she's she's like she's like i didn't want to get on stage and you're like oh cindy lopper you were crusty oh okay i understand like anybody can be crusty i get it <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that because they also aren't just like award-winning like artists, Cindy Lauper. She's like there, like there's just like Cindy with like, and there's like and Bob over here talking about his. They don't like really. She's no. just, like in the mix with all the other people that are on the, <laughs> that are patients. And I'm oh, like, that's another cool reason to love her forever. Um, can I hear can I hear a gay boy story? <laughs> Whoa, she uh, really needs some solidarity in this. I yeah, thank God have not had too many of those. Before, oh my gosh! Yeah, we were first, like I said, I when we were, you know, when yeah, I was first when in we California. First, when we first starting in, Renee was sort of giving us a preface about how she had been to Europe and had gotten used to European dudes, and that screwed up her gaydar. So I feel like, uh, yeah. So I mean, also like I don't know if I really even thought of gaydar so much at the time. Anyway, you know, I was like sixteen, and I got you know I got to California, and. um I just had a, an internship in London. It's like all the guys there are like super hot. They have like the hair gel and like just so strong in their masculinity, like wearing like lilac shirts and pink ties and like really, really, really tight pants. And you're just like, this is hot. And they're like all super straight and all over you. And like, you know, some were, some were gay, some were straight, but it's like it to me, there's just like what guys, a lot of guys just look like that. You know, it's like these are guys, and I love that look. Like the, the done hair and the, you know, I love a sharp chest man who doesn't. And all guys together. Like, yeah, really put together and and really fun and guys who are like, you know, have a lot of moves on the dance floor and really gregarious and that kind of stuff. And so to me it's like that's oh, that was the kind of guy I was really attracted to. So I go back to the States <laughs> and like I said, like in high school I wasn't like around boys that much. And so like I and not like I really paid too much attention to what straight guys were really doing because I wasn't dating in high school anyway. <laughs> Uh, and I went to international high school, so I, I think I kind of, like, ruined my general thought. Like, like straight frat bros? Like, I didn't know any frat bros, like, until I actually had to go meet the frat bros when I, when I got there. And it, was, mm -hmm. it was just really weird. I'm like, oh, these guys are all, like, you know, 30. <laughs> yeah, I haven't showered in a while. Um, and they're, like, wearing, like, you know, like, shower shoe flip-flops. It's, like, duct tape on them. This is that. And I'm not having any of this. And so I would go to the, no. the city with um, a couple of my gay friends and some of my girlfriends. And we'd go up to San Francisco for like the weekend and like go shopping or something. And every time I'd be like just rubbernecking these guys. 
And my gay friends would be like, not for you, not on your team, girl. And I'm like, no, but like maybe. They're like, no, <laughs> not even close. They're like, like uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, I used to play a little game like, are you gay or are you European? Because um, <laughs> there are a lot of European people in the Bay Area, too. So sometimes I got lucky. Sometimes I did find like this, the random like Dutch guy who just was on vacation. <laughs> um, but for the most part, yes, they were always like, I always kept falling for the gay pretty boys, which really sucks. So I remember it was one of the uh, superlatives that we did for their, our dorm uh, Facebook like little book at the end of the year. Um, there was like Renee, most likely to meet the man of her dreams and his boyfriend in the same night. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah, I got to I fight the reputation that uh, my attraction to you like would make your your possibility of being gay skyrocket. I was, it was oh, the, no. that was really the gaydar. I was like I was the second yes. opinion. They're like, I don't know, I think that guy's gay. Renee, what do you think? Oh, super hot. Oh well. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very relatable concept. So that was uh, that was definitely that was definitely my thing. But I have gotten much better at the gaydar these days. Uh, and now I, I kind of realize I'm not all, you know, Pretty well-groomed guys, you know, are gay, but they're not of the, not of the are European either. So I sort of kind of honed it down now, um, and got I've, I've developed a taste for your your average uh, cis hetero guy, too. So uh, as I got older, you lowered the bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I used to really like them like super lanky and tall, and like now I'm, I'm definitely gravitating towards more masculine guys. I think it's something to do with like back when I was younger, I had no control over anything. And, um, you know, I wanted, and I really wanted to be the dominant one. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm totally in like, I'm just going to dom the shit out of some like stewed half my size. This is going to be awesome. So pretty boy, it's like, <laughs> and um, this tall skinny guy. And now I'm just sort of like, I dated a guy who used to be an MMA fighter um, and stuff. It's like, it's so different. It's like, now I'm wow. so like, can you just tell me what to do? I'm like, now that I have to, do, I'm like, all I do in my life is like make decisions and tell people what to do. And I'm fixing shit right. all the time. I'm like, can you just, you know, just tell me where to show up for a date? I don't want to plan it. I don't want to have to deal with any of this. Like, just oh manhandle me and just tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, obviously, they have to, like, have the respect for me. They can't be, like, a toxic masculine guy, you know. As long as I know that they respect me and if I wanted to take the lead on something, I could. They're not intimidated by the fact that I take the lead. As long as you've already kind of got that basis of, of respect and, and foundation of, like, trust and, and that kind of thing going, I, I really am actually quite good at, Instead of relinquishing the reins uh, to some guys, which a lot of people find very surprising, because they're like, "You're so type A, I can't imagine you ever taking the back seat." I'm like, oh. again, as long as they'll let me back in the driver's seat if I want it to, <laughs> as, long as, as long as they're not against women being in power, um, we're good. But sometimes I'm just like, like Dude, just, can you just tell me? I don't really have to, the time to spend a whole bunch of time on Bumble trying to decide like where we're gonna go. <laughs> the yin yang is necessary it makes sense like of course if you are constantly in in the control position in your life you want some kind of respite from that like why would you also then look to your intimate life to to exercise that yeah because i just don't want to be anyone's mom either so like, uh, uh, you know I've, no. defi I've definitely gotten into that position where you know i find myself kind of feeling like the hr department the life coach the mom like like telling people what to do like you know, I'm like, we don't really have like a, an intimacy anymore. It's more just like, you know, I'm a sounding board or I'm just kind of like fixing your, your shit up. And I'm, and I don't mind doing that. I'm there to be very supportive, but at some point it just tips over and you're like, I'm doing too much of that. Um, 
And you got to make sure there's a balance. Like I said, like there's nothing hotter than a guy who's really excited to see me shine. Like I don't want a purse holder. You know, I don't want someone who's just going to like, you know, worship the ground I walk on. I've dated those guys too. I, I thought that was a good idea at the time and realized that's not sexy after a while. Um, so you don't want someone who's just going to be obsessed, but you also don't want someone who's going to be like a, threatened by you. So it's like you find the, the nice sweet spot of someone who's like, can take control, but also just like that's super hot that you're like a badass and you're getting an award. Um, that's like important. It's really, really important. Because you're a badass um, really and you're not going to stop being a badass or stop getting badass awards. Yeah. I was like, I want to be a badass and like, I want to be there and support them when they're being a badass yeah. and I would take the backseat and like when it's their night, but when it's my night, I want them to be, you know, take the backseat and be really proud of me. And it's like to find that sort of, uh, you know, Jay and Beyonce is, they always say like, you know, kind of like the power couple sort of thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're, I don't even know if they're real, you know, it's like, I don't know if it even exists. Right. If it's really real, but, right. but you know, that is sort of, the, that's the dream. It's that it's like to find, you know, we someone who's well-groomed, who's, yes. who's, yeah, just uh you know, well-groomed while, while still being straight and, uh, doesn't friend zone me and isn't intimidated by a strong woman. It's like, those are my first hurdles. If I can get past all those, then, you know, we're, then we're cooking. That's not nothing. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Not nothing. Seems to be a tall order. So. I know. It is a tall order, but it's like, to me, that's something I'm not willing to, to move on. If you're not. Good. I'm if you're shocked. not excited for me, like, I'm never going to stop. Like, Lillian, like you said, it's like, I'm never going to stop being a badass. I'm never going to stop getting awards. I'm never going to stop being that person. It's like. I'm not going to shrink to fit your fragile ego because like then you're not even man enough for me to find sexy anymore. Like I've now lost respect for you. If you're so fragile, you can't even watch your girlfriend get an award in, a, in an industry that has nothing to do with you. Like, you who know, it's wants like, to be a partner not a with threat. someone who doesn't want that person to succeed. That's not a partnership. Yeah. I've never actually, luckily I've never actually partnered with anyone like that, but I've definitely gone on dates that have ended very, very quickly once they, <laughs> because once they see anything, it's like, there are things I can't change. I can't change the fact that I went to Stanford. I can't change the fact that I'm successful or, you know, come from privilege or any of these things. It's like, once they realize like, what zip code I live in or like, you know, that I went to school, they're like, oh, oh my God, oh my God. And they start to freak out and just, I watch it unravel, you know, and I just see it all uh, fall apart. And then I see them like checking out the waitress and I'm like, okay, this is, this is over. Like now wow, you're, you feel emasculated. This is like, uh, you know, just like, but I'd rather know this now. Like yeah, I've, had girl, sure. I've had girlfriends oh, yes. tell me, like, it makes no sense to me, but I've actually explained this. I'm like, oh, yeah, the biggest cock block in my life is my apartment because I have this, like, big-ass amazing apartment. And I'm by myself, so that's, like, really rare to do in New York. Um, so when you guys see it, they're like, wait, what? I don't understand. Like, you have all this to yourself? Like, or you went to – or they see, like, awards or whatever on the wall, and then it's just um, really, really, like, hard for a lot of people – and my friends are like, just like, I don't know, like borrow like a friend's like apartment, like in Brooklyn somewhere and just like say it's yours. <laughs> like, what? That is not the answer. The answer is not no. like I lie about who I am because like then. Because then they'll really just lose their fucking minds when they learn who you yeah, are. Yeah, like, I'm like, that works. I mean, I'm just looking to get laid this weekend, but I'm like if you're actually looking to date somebody, eventually they're going to have to find out who you are. I'm like, and I want someone who, who's going to like that about, you know, yeah, who I actually am. I'm like, I can't hide who I am, but I can't, I can't tell you how many people thought this was a good idea. 
I can tell you how many people are like, oh, the easy, simple fix. You just, you just lie. You just say you like, you know, what this like, you know, uh, Southwest Missouri State and, you know, the, you, all this stuff. Just lie about the entire background. And I'm like, that, that should not have been the answer, but no. it really was to a lot of people. But I'm like, it, to me, uh, I used to try to be nervous about it, but now I'm like, I'm going to put it out there and it's like a test. It's like if you are excited about it and it's a, and it doesn't make you flinch and you're still secure in yourself, then like we can continue. So if it's yeah. if it's now a thing, your pants yet? Yeah, <laughs> but if it's because shut up, if, we're going to dinner. <laughs> yeah, like if it's not sort of a weird thing for them, then uh, you know I think that's hot because I think that's like there's nothing more masculine yeah. than a man who's really comfortable with themselves. I tried to shrink so many times, uh, especially when I first moved to New York, because I just if you're hanging at a bar. And you're just playing the numbers a game with, like, what straight guy is going to talk to you at a bar. It might wind up be somebody who's not interested in a creative, powerful, expressive woman. Um, Don and I actually met through his brother because he, his brother Duncan and I, Duncan, who that's how you and I know. Oh, yeah, I know Duncan, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Duncan and I were doing a, a cross-gendered or, like, a gender-swapped Gilbert and Sullivan show on the Lower East Side with the Women's Theater Collective. And so I met Duncan first, and then I went to Duncan's birthday party, and I met his brother. And I was like – I was, like, really, like, looking around. Like, I don't – does anybody see this guy? Like, is this – okay, well, I'm going to jump on that then. Um And, you know, when we started talking and he was like, yeah, my mom's gay, my brother's gay – um, I know my credit score. <laughs> and I was like, sold. I'm in. Terrific. You have a car? <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, you generally have your shit together and you know who you are and you're not too, you're not, you know, afraid of it. And, yeah. He liked, um, he liked that I was a singer. He liked that I was creative. Like we compliment each other so well and there was never a moment. Mm, okay. I'm not going to say there's never a moment. I'm sometimes a little bit too big for anybody, including me. So uh, he, he, I'm lucky that he's never like giving me the stink eye when I'm being a little bit bratty, but, <laughs> but he's used to it. I can uh, see, yeah. sometimes I see it on his I face. I think everyone like, goes through that though. Every, everyone has their moments where like, you know, they're, they're, Usually those moments come with alcohol. You know, yeah, just like, it can be a showboat. Do, 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 you know who, do you know who I am? Showboaty moments. And um, they're not great, but you just have to have someone who's like, okay, time, yeah, yeah, yes. all right, well, you're, you're acting like a shit right now, but I like you anyway. You just need someone who's like not going to judge you, but possibly put you back in your place. Oh, this is why we love earth science. <laughs> yeah, he's a Taurus. Uh-huh. Well, I I didn't even I didn't even touch on my like celebrity crushes and finding you know stocking stocking bands like I <laughs> stocked a lot of bands back in the day. Um, Can't wait to hear them. Yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll give you one quick one, and you guys can go. I'll give you one quick one. Yes! This actually this is a good one. Now you guys are probably gonna have to Google who the hell this guy is later. But um, <laughs> so one of my celebrity crushes is this guy Mike Patton. He's the uh, lead singer of Faith No More. It's my favorite band. <gasps> And oh, I remember Faith No More. Yeah, and so I was like obsessed with Faith No More. But back in the '90s, like he had like long hair. I didn't think he was hot at all. Like I just thought he was just like sort of an idol, like singing wise. And I would, I would constantly listen to Faith No More. And then they had a reunion tour, and my sister and I went to see them. And he walks on stage. And we're both like, "When did he get hot? Like where did this guy come from?" Like now he kind of like looks like Robert Downey Jr. You know, he's kind of like like a goatee and like short hair and he's like wearing like silk suits and shit on stage. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck is this? Whoa. I'm like, he's not been hot the whole time. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I just missed this. And um, so I ended up with like, a, you know, later in life crush on this guy that I've been obsessed with this band forever. 
And um, so I, uh, we, we actually saw with them play a festival in uh, Hyde Park in London uh, a few years ago. And when we always, always stay at this hotel across from Hyde Park, because like that's also like where most of the bands like stay there too. So like it's always good good place to stock some people. Like some people in the lobby, it's kind of awesome. And you know, I never fangirl on people. Like these are humans. I'm not gonna like get up on their shit and like fangirl on them so much. I try to like be somewhat smoother and like you know pretend like I don't know who they are at first. But my sister, uh, after the the show, we get back in the uh, the lobby and we actually see that she misses it somehow. I see him and then she's like, "What?" I'm like. Trying to like nudge her, I'm like, dude, like, dude, they're right there. And she's like, oh shit. So she was a little drunk at the time, decided she's just gonna like get right up in there <laughs> and introduce herself. And I'm like, oh boy. Um, and my friend runs the bar in this hotel. And I'm like, I think my sister might be in, in embarrassing herself with some people outside um, in the lobby. Can you like send him some drinks on, on, on me? And they're like, like, and try to describe them. And he's like, well, there's this guy, and then there's this other guy. And he's like, yeah, Faith No More. Yeah, I know who they are. Like, they've been here all week. Yeah. Like, I, I will send them over some. So I'm like the smooth ass trying to like send them over like a bottle of wine or some shit. And then uh, my friend comes back. He's like, they want you to come out in the lobby. I'm like, uh, okay. And uh, my friend's like, hey, we'll come down and sit, sit with us. He's like, we can't go into the bar because we just carried all the, the wine that we got in our contract writer. Uh, and no one wants to hang out in their room. So we're just drinking in the lobby. Uh, we just met your sister. She told us we're assholes for not playing the song that she wanted to hear. But I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, senator doesn't get out much. Like, I, I'm sorry. She didn't. Uh, he's like, no, the senator doesn't get out and much. And I'm like, no, it's funny. It's funny. He's like, come sit. And I'm like, oh, my God. My friend wants me to sit next to him. And I did. I spent, like, four hours talking to him and his friends. And uh, the guy who started the band is gay. And uh, I just kind of love their camaraderie and, and everything. It's like. Uh, that guy had like a really really young like grinder date came by and everyone's like busting his chops they were like how young nice. this dude is and they're all like and Mike just turns to me he's like firing around in a bag and he's like hey do you want some of this and I'm like what <laughs> no my, my automatic reflex just like no yeah what is it and uh, he's like what What's you, oh, you're just assuming I'm probably offering you drugs I'm like maybe I don't know like what's in this bag he pulls out a bag of Shake Shack because they just opened a Shake Shack in London. He's like, we sent the interns to go get Shake Shack. They're cold, but they're still pretty good. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, we're kind of like done with our hookers and blow stage like a long, long time ago. So like, <laughs> you want to just hang out and like drink Barolo and like talk about the time I used to live in Italy and like eat some burgers with me. Like, you come sit with me. And I'm like, this is amazing because there is like chicks lined up around the fucking block <laughs> for them. And like... They, they, the girls who love Mike Patton are like obsessed, obsessive. Like I've seen them. Like no wonder he freaks out. Cause, like they're very aggressive. So I think he was just so happy to like see people like willing just to like hang out and talk to them. And they were just so sweet. They were so nice. And it's like they always say like don't meet your idols. But like I really I did. And he was even better than I expected because he's such like a very quirky genius. Like very very strange uh, on stage. You know like really really strange stage presence. So I thought he'd be like a total dick or like really weird. And it turns out. It's a really, really fun guy who's a massive foodie and smuggles in cheeseburgers and wine into places that he can't smuggle in cheeseburgers and wine. Celebrities. <laughs> and I left there, and I was dating Dave at the time, and I was like, Dave, I'm going to I'm gonna have to change my celebrity pass on, like, you know, the person I get to hook up with if I had a chance. Uh, to like, this guy, Mike Patton, he's like, I'm Googling this. Who is this person? I'm like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. He's like, well, you're not going to meet him anyway. I'm like, so I just did. And that's why I'm like, I'm so, I was like, literally like, so like, ah, like, oh, my God, you're so nice. You're so cool. And you're so fucking cool. Um, and I just, yeah, I had like a monster crush on him. 
uh, like as soon as I saw him on stage, but after I realized I, you know, after I met him, it just like got so much better. Um, and to this day, <sighs> Dave gives me shit. Like I can't ever listen to music. It's like, oh, it's your boyfriend. He's going to be pissed about this forever now. <laughs> Oh my god, that's fucking And I'm like, look, perfect. I didn't actually throw myself at him. I'm like, I thought about it. And I'm like, I mean, if he made even a slight real pass at me, I think I might have considered it. But like, nothing happened. I'm just like, have a huge crush like a 12-year-old. And yeah, he'll never let me live that down. Oh my god, so. amazing. <laughs> that's, that's my best story amazing. On, that one, on that front. Oh, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> Yay! Did you shoot your shot, Renee? I yes. tried. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, um, and and if it if it ever comes back around, I can shoot it again. I I, I will. Real <laughs> earnest. I'll, I'll give it a real shot this time. Instead of yes. I was playing it so cool, trying to not look like the groupie that like had like the you know Dreamweaver playing and everything's in soft focus. It's like you know I was just sitting there, just like you know stars in my eyes and trying really hard to like look like I wasn't. So like sometimes when I do that, I look like a dick. Like I'm trying so hard to look cool. People like think I'm super aloof. They're like, oh, you like don't like me at all. I'm like. They have no idea I'm like inside my mind. I'm like hyperventilating like a 12 year old, but um, uh-huh. like it's like Bieber mania, like in my head. But like <laughs> what like they see is that I'm actually trying to play it really cool. But, uh, you know, if I ever get a shot on somebody again, I, I think I'll actually try to be flirtatious and not try to be um, overcompensate for being a the groupie. Cool <laughs> the cool yep, girl. Yep. The cool, the cool girl. girl. And that the um, cool girl my- is the, the ultimate girl who gives all the fucks. Uh yes. Well, at least that's what she turns into, right? That right. <laughs> she's just our cover, and we keep so many fucks. What? Fuck. Uh, the cool girl is just our cover for how many fucks we actually. Get. Oh yeah, no. It's yeah. like I saw some meme recently that's just like really bold for saying no worries for someone who does nothing but worry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's like I give all the fucks all the time, and and yeah, and have a real fucking attitude at the same time. So. I don't know how those two things work simultaneously, but they kind of they kind of do. <laughs> Fuck buddies, Renee Cafaro is single. Mike Patton, <laughs> Renee Cafaro is single. I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this this would be a, you know I'm not gonna be back on your show to say, for whatever embarrassing thing that might come of that. Um, please yes. don't tag him. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, shan't. I shan't. I promise. I actually don't think he has social media, but I mean, I think if anyone would think it was funny, he probably would. On the off funny. chance that one of our male listeners happens to be the lead singer of Fade No More, you know, there all reasonable facts, Emily. Yeah. You know, it's like if you have your shit together, it's like, what did you say? Like, you know, it's this credit score. <laughs> You're in. Yeah, it's like. That's it, right. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you got your shit together. I think. Uh, British and Irish accents can step up to the front. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, you can find Renee at Foxy Roxy Fashion on Instagram. Renee, is there anywhere else online that you like people to communicate with you? Um, They can also find me at ReneeCafaro.com, which has all of my my links to everything. So if they want to read any of my other articles or any of my TV segments, um, it's all there. So. Yay. And also check out Slink Magazine. Yes, so Slink Magazine's always great. Um, but, you know, for anyone who wants to try to find me, sometimes it's really awkward with, like, everyone else from Slink looks at this. Like, someone just messaged us saying they met you at a party. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, guys, don't, don't, be, don't be sliding into my work DMs. That's not cool. <laughs> 
Or sl no sliding in my LinkedIn either. That's, oh my that's God, weird. This is the most Capricorn conversation of all. <laughs> I'm blessed yeah. to witness it. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys. I love you both. Thank Thanks, you. Renee. We love you too. Everybody stay safe. Black Lives Matter. Yep. See you guys. Bye. Bye bye.